Man is born, man lives, man dies, and it's all vanity. And that's about the way it is with the merry-go-round. You get on. Fucking Levy on the pod today, man. I am definitely, uh, I, the thing is, I've known about your stand up for years, but it's funny mm-hmm. when I think, when your name pops to my head, the first time I ever heard the Reverend Bob Levy was years back. There's this, that video that everybody knows with Carlos Mencia and Joe Rogan. <laughs> Oh yeah. Rogan name drops you in that video. And I was, yeah. then it like, it, I put two and two together. And I'm like, Oh shit. That's the same fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rogan was in uh, Vegas that weekend. Yeah. Doing the, the fights out there and he came to the shows, you know, I known him for a long time and got, uh, got your name etched in comedy history right there. Oh, I mean, yeah. but you had been around already and like I, I obviously, you know, like knowing about Stern through so many different trials and <laughs> of his career and all the stuff that he became known for, you know, like Stutter and John and Baba Booey yeah. and just like iconic, hilarious shit. But you've been, I mean, you're a veteran in stand up. You've been doing that for years. So you're your own thing. It's not like you're just known through him. Yeah, thank God. You know what I mean? Because. <laughs> I looked at it as an opportunity to uh, to m- make my business bigger, like comedy. Like it wasn't like most people are about money. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, you don't go on a show. Nobody pays you to go on a show. So if you have nothing to sell, which is you, you're not going to make a living. You know what I mean? That's the opportunity he gives you, and you run with it. If if you could, you know, you're supposed to. That's what you're supposed <laughs> to do. You know, and I mean, was that like you know, as a kid, you I'm sure there was you knew that you liked stand up. What were some albums that you were into? You know, some specials you watched. Yeah, uh, basically nothing, nothing at really? all. I mean, I, I was in bands before, and it was like I didn't like counting on three other people, you know, and with comedy i just got lucky because like we used to hang out in this bar in staten island and when people came in that we didn't know it was my job to make fun of them until they wanted to fight us <laughs> so and then my friend like we used to listen to stern all the time and he goes you, you should try and the open mic jackie has in west orange a rascal and that's how it started i still don't listen i can't sit down and, and unless i know them you know i i, I, caught, I caught like maybe a carl in uh Maybe Richard Pryor, uh, fucking uh, Fred Sanford, uh, what's his name? Red Fox. Oh, yeah, Red you know? Fox. But it's, it's stuff that I would be like, I got to check this out. I got to see what the hell everyone, you know, Eddie Murphy's first one. I don't think I watched anything else. You know, I really don't, I really don't fucking, it, it, 
it's like fucking work, you know. It's like I, you, you know, everybody, everybody in comedy basically looks up to some, you know, a few people, and then you see them on stage, and they're basically those people, you know. It's basically a little of the way that they move, the way that they talk, whoever they like you'll see it come out on them. And I, I just never wanted that, you know? I just wanted to, to do what I thought was funny and they'll catch on. And like, now it's easy. At the beginning, it was hit and miss for a little while, but then after two years, I was out headlining. So I got a big jump, you know what I mean? Just from really working on it. And I was able to headline it for two years, which is like amazing. So it was cool. Yeah, man. I mean, your, your stuff is... I mean, I've literally, yeah, it's been half of my life I've been listening to you do comedy. And that's, yeah, like when you see those people up on stage and you think you you know them, but they are kind of that person when they get up there and you do either have it or you don't. And that's something that I love with those people like Carlin's of where he could just take one thing and then it just turns into like, 50 straight like hey do you notice that we do this but it wasn't yeah. like it also wasn't like the hacky kind of you know no. did you ever did you notice that airline food is shitty yeah everybody did that's yeah, it well, that's what it is he was way ahead in his time but you know i mean uh yeah he, his special would be three bits or four bits which is crazy if you look at it because you're you're putting everything in fucking 15 minute pops you know and that's crazy to think like if it's not working what does he do but that's how good he is he's so incredible he do that yeah ah. when you look at it you're like what the you know this is just crazy to, to think that you know like i i must do fucking punchlines after another and just keep going like i'm fast i move on i just keep going and to think about doing it like that it's just crazy Everybody has their thing that works for them, but it's just amazing to watch where he started, and it's almost like looking at a different person, but he kind of had to abandon doing, like, the blue food kind of shit, and, you know, going on, obviously, times changed from, you know, like, wearing a suit on Ed Sullivan yeah. to being up on stage in New Jersey, like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, everybody had to work that way back then. That was, you know, and the whole thing is, if you look at it, you didn't have to really be that funny. When you look back at a lot of the stuff from back then, you look at like Bob Hope, you're like, hey, it's corny, but oh, that's what everybody was doing. So, you know, if you can stand out from doing that, then, you know, basically, I always say you can always do what you want. Once you can get, once you get there, you can do what you want because the people expect it, you know, and they expect it. It's, yes. it's fun. Yeah, man. That's what I loved about it. Like a, a danger feel because I feel like he kind of, you were watching the gap be bridged from the past ways to the new ones. Cause he was still kind of getting up there doing those one liner things, but then the punchline would be something like, you know, what's the worst part about oral sex, the view that stuff was just like, and the fact that he could think up those things on the run, so many of them. I mean, of course, like he practiced like two or three hundred of them, I'm sure, before he got up on stage. But it's it was a different time. I mean, people have to forget that 
before this day and age of no filter whatsoever, you had to do that to survive. That's why, like, yeah. the, the, the doors going on Sullivan and saying light my fire was such a, like, think about how that was controversial for that time. And today people would be like, you fucking crazy. Yeah. That, that was like a big fuck you today. Yeah. You know, they, they said, we don't, you don't, don't do that, change it or whatever, but you don't do it. And they did it. You know, it's like, you got to do what you want to do, what you think is funny. Otherwise it ain't going to come out funny. No. And that's the thing. It's like, like comedians today, they're, they're starting to, some still do what they want. Some will cry about people that do what they want, which I never understood comedians would be crying. It's, it, it, you know, worry about your fucking self, you know, don't worry about what anyone else is doing. That's the whole thing. I don't look at any, like I help people because I don't look at anybody's competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't look at it as like somebody's taking my job. It's like, it's something you do in life. You know what I mean? If you're not good, and don't be in the business you can't <laughs> help people. But people are scumbags in this business, a lot of them. So it's just the way it is. I mean, and I, I think that really, that helped me kind of get into comedy a little bit easier is that before I did stand up starting at 24, I, I was I, I was really into, I thought music was going to be the thing for me. I was going to be in a band someday mm-hmm. and seeing the shit that musicians go through in their business, yeah. it's not far off in stand up and you just you see these comics who are so uptight about open mics and everything. I'm just I don't understand that, man. Yeah, it's not a competition for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like bands get shit on more. My son's in a band, but they do really good, you know. Yeah. They they, they uh they make really good money and uh but not all bands do. They get taken advantage of, and you have to, you have to kind of go, hey, I'm not putting up with this shit anymore. Like, uh, like they were, they're working in, uh, they got really big in Wildwood, New Jersey, like you know, the last couple summers, and people would vacation there and see them all over. And now they, they uh, the mayor of Atlantic City is not allowing live music outside anymore. And this is a this is a vacation town, Jesus. And that that that's like you know, and that, and my son's upset about it because he has every you know he should be. You gotta even though they don't beat those gigs anymore, other people do. You know what I mean? And it's just not you know something like that. If you're in a, a place where people are coming to live it up, you know that's what the town's known for. You know, partying and that. To do that is just, it's just crazy, I think. It's just, it's one person's decision, and uh, it's going to hurt a lot of people. Yeah, you know, you're not trying to go to Martha's Vineyard. You're trying to go to enjoy yourself on the trip, but that's that's just, and I mean, God, you guys are New Jersey, and they, they got Charlottesville beat because we don't have jack shit here in this city. I mean, comedy is really something like stand-up, has not come around this area ever really until just like just recently, other than like the Paramounts and those big places. Yeah. But you got to go out there and you got to have something to give the people. And I've seen so many open bikers get up there and just, if 
they don't know what the hell to do when they get up on stage. I'm like, well, maybe you don't have it. You know, this it's it's okay to not have it. Yeah, and they and a lot of times the open migrants they'll all get together and open up other places, and they charge people to come in for that. You can't charge somebody. There, there, there should be some kind of ruling in comedy that uh, until a committee says that you're, you know, should be working. Yeah. It's like, a, you can't just, it's like, you can't just go in and go, I'm a doctor now because I want to be, it's my dream. I'm not qualified to be a doctor. Mm-mm. So how can I be like, like somebody can just be horrible, take a picture to it and then they write comedian under their thing. They're not a comedian. And I'm all for it. I mean, at the same time, I like people to feel like they can get into something whatever age they want to. But, yeah, it never is a guarantee that you are going to no. succeed. No. I mean, this is like, you know, it's weird. Like, like anybody can be a booker. Anybody can go, I'm booking a room. Some people, they book a room. And if tickets ain't selling, they'll cancel the show. They don't know what loss is. They don't know it. They only know gain. They only want to make money, and that's not good for the business. Sometimes you have to take a loss on on, on every way around it. It's just the way it is. But they don't look at it that way, and they're in the answers. This fucking cat is driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. We have our, our studio cat. <laughs> we'll try and push the door down to come in. It looks a lot like our cat actually around here. It's my, uh, my buddy Ryan who does the the audio shit for the show. His, his cat Felix has, has been our staple around here, but man, yeah, I, I've, I see that you do a lot of shows in Jersey. Is that just, you know, b- because of what is near you or are you grown to really, that's your place. And I know a lot of people are familiar with you around there, obviously. Yeah, but no, it's just that I was in a car accident a while back, four years ago, whatever. I, so I was kind of out for a while and then, I was getting back and then Corona hit and then I was like, all right, but like, I want to hit the road when everything is open again. Sure. When everything is ready. I don't want to go there and, and, and you know, I want to pack the places. I don't want to do half-ass and it's just better to wait. I've been working with Kevin Brennan now and we're just going to wait. We're going to wait it out and see. We're going to start doing Atlantic City because people can come from wherever they want, you know, so hopefully that'll be the whole summer. We'll see what happens. Yes, man. I know that that's... I've been trying to go see Joey Diaz up in mm-hmm. New Jersey for some time, but he's kind of... He's feeling the same way, it sounds like. He doesn't want to just... You know, he likes to maybe go and do some... Just kind of, like, patch up a set he's working on at a smaller yeah. place and kind of just, like, be the local hero there with 15 people. But that serves a certain purpose... I, th- mm-hmm. I think you have it right where you're just trying to go like, look, I want all or nothing, and I've earned it too. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous to like, you know, to go. To, I was in Nevada and everybody was wearing masks like about what three months ago, four yeah. months ago, and it's like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, it's like it's way behind in a lot of places, and people. You know, people are afraid to go out. You know, it's like, what the fuck are you? You know, maybe they're better staying home if they if they think like that. But you have to get out. What are you gonna do? Fucking hide in your house the whole time and wear a mask, run into a store and look at people that don't have a mask on. That has, I mean, that's been been a huge question on my mind is with people if they were just like 
they wanted to kind of be hermits before COVID hit, and I'm just now learning about it, or if it's just their, uh, I don't know. You know, yeah, but I, I think I, uh, I, I look when COVID hit, they said you know you can't go anywhere. I was like, I don't go anywhere. You know, I, yeah. don't go work. <laughs> I don't really go out if I'm not working. I mean, what the fuck am I gonna do? I have fun time when I'm out. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll stay home, you know. But it's like after a while, you you're doing shows for cars, and it it was just ridiculous. I think I did two of them, and I'm like, this is not fucking comedy. This is no. fucking crazy. Even though it worked good, it's just stupid having people beep a horn at you when they like the show. Yeah, that that's that has kind of been an avenue for some people in comedy. Like mm-hmm. I know it's. There's people like Leno who just love their cars, but yeah, you see those people on those shows and you're just like, they're, they're literally just getting them for the name. That's it. They look so up. Yeah. Like they're yeah. not having fun. No, it, it's been crazy. That's why now that it's opening up again, especially around here, it's nice. You know, it's, it, it's fun again. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You know, I go out, look, if you're going to get sick, you're going to get sick, you know, and, uh, I, I caught it. You know, but it wasn't bad, you know, it was bad for one night and that was it. It was like getting sick, like we used to. (laughs) Yeah, that was my experience at least was I just had the one day where I felt miserable and then quite literally like two days later, I'm up and walking around again at work and it's, it's that crazy, but it's, it's so crazy to think also at the. The first two weeks of all the shutdowns, March 2020, when they started, we were at work without masks. I mean, we were just sitting ducks right there mm-hmm. for things to happen to us. And it's, it just all, goddamn, the world changed up fast, as it usually does. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, <laughs> people didn't know what this, they were supposed to do. You know no. what I mean? They would say, do this. Somebody else would say, do this. And they say, don't do that, you know, and it's like, okay, whatever, you know, you can't, you can't deal with that, you know, people get, like, people get sick, you know, that shit happens, you know, and it's been like that, why, why aren't they going after cancer, you know, why don't they close everything down because of cancer, it doesn't make sense, you know. That's, man, the pharmaceutical companies, Mm -hmm. there's some, I mean, just a mountain of questions to be answered, but I guess that's... Mm -hmm. It's kind of sometimes in life you you have these things happen. Obviously, this is very new for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's coming along with COVID, not just like, you know, having a pandemic, but there's so much changing in life already. I don't know. It's I think fight or flight has been more true than ever today. You know, obviously, yeah. we've come quite a long way, too, as humans, so we should give ourselves credit. Jesus. Yeah, but it's it's so weird. It's like it's almost like half the pe- people hate the other half, and it's like you have to you have to go. You know, some people are like, oh, I gotta think about my career, so they'll be like, oh, I'm just like Amy Schumer said, I'm 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 upset about the material I used to do that was racist. And you, then give all the money back. Yeah. You know, what? You know, give give it back if you're that ashamed. Anybody can do that just to pump themselves up more. You know what I mean? Because I'm moving on to a different way or whatever. It, it's like I, I don't want to move. I'm not moving. 
You know, I don't give a shit. If somebody gets mad at my show, good. They're going to be still talking about me at the dinner table. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know? <laughs> it's it, so it really true. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I, I can't care about uh, two people in the audience. I can't. I just can't. And I never will. I mean, that's, and that's a lot of the, why people are not doing, you know, they don't want to do stand-up at colleges anymore, just because it's, and maybe that's, you know, I, I think that has a lot of it to do with being PC. It's very true. Yeah. You're, you're seeing it so many times. I mean, that's, that's been happening since Andy Kaufman was still fucking performing. Yeah. But like even on cruise ships, they, you got to work clean. People need to have a good time. You, you know, you push your wife off the fucking deck and kill her. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. You, you're not going to, you know, these people on a cruise can't hear you say fuck or something like that or talk about sex. I mean, are you out of your fucking mind? What kind of pussies go on cruises then? Uh, you know, we should just bomb them. Oh my god man I mean I've had yeah a lot of people have talked to me about oh you should maybe you can do resort shows or cruise ship shows and I'm like why because I, I know it's going to be what they want and a fraction of what I want yeah and why do you need that stress how much fucking anxiety are you going through because you're worried about your set you know you're watching everybody in the audience you don't know what to you know, you think you can get away with it. Then somebody gets mad. It's one person in charge that gets mad. And it doesn't matter about the audience. You no. know, it really doesn't. I mean, you're, like you said, you're the one that they're showing up to see. And that's, that's what's missing today in comedy. I mean, but it's just so, even like 2005, man, seeing some material that people were doing back then, to see how much it's changed in just like 15 years is just oh, yeah. fucking astounding. Yeah, I used to eat a girl's ass on stage at the end with blue cheese. <laughs> I mean, yes. if I did that today, people would faint if they never even knew about it. You know, that I did it every show, every city I was in. That was fucking brilliant, man. That was like, that was stuff that I was watching that was just, that was the inspiration for me. I was like, good, there's... There's people understanding the fucking degenerate misfit that I aspire to be forever. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it, man. It's just like having fun, you know? The people that came to those shows, they had experience with their life, you know, that they could talk about. And, of course. You know, you see people, nobody gets mad. Nobody says, I didn't like the clean, the clean comedian offended me. It's always like, uh, he wasn't that good. But he, it is, you know what I mean? It, it's like the dirty comedian can be hilarious, but he can be, you know, say, oh, he offended me. It's always like, you know, but you never hear like, oh, the, the, the clean comedian, uh, that was just too much. I, I, I can't handle hearing about socks. You know what I mean? Like, like you don't hear that. You don't hear the outrage about not just the point of just not being funny. Nobody gets outraged over that. You know yeah. what I mean? Man, it's like that's why somebody like Norm Macdonald was such a. I mean, it, just to try and like say that I I got inspiration from him would be tremendously underselling it because mm -hmm. you think about like him. 
in the 90s doing all those OJ jokes on SNL. And how many people can you think of from that time period other than some stand-up comedians, obviously, period, that were doing jokes that openly about OJ or just shit that he said about the you know, Hillary Clinton when she was still, when Bill Clinton was still in office. Like, that kind of stuff, that's why we're still talking about that person because they're not afraid to go there. That's what's kind of missing in the world today, and people forget that with stand-up, is that's what the fuck purpose it serves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically saying the things that people are thinking but they don't say, and like, no one was told, you don't do that joke and don't do it this week. Don't oh. do it this week. One of the top people. And he so did it. And there's a guy on Saturday Night Live making good money when it was funny. And <laughs> he's, he's telling them, fuck you, which is a beautiful thing if you look at it. It's so good. to I mean, and you think about why he was let go by that guy, Don Olmeyer, because he was friends with OJ. It's like, you guys are on your, your high horse about this guy doing this when you're just like, get the hell out of here. Right. Yeah, comedy is comedy. You cannot tell somebody, you know, if you're writing something, if you're a writer or whatever, you, you basically can't hire somebody and then tell them what's funny. It doesn't work that no. way. It, it just doesn't work that way. And it's like, you, if you knew anything about comedy, you wouldn't be hiring a writer. You know? <laughs> so, Amy Schumer. Yeah, I mean, what what is that? Like, what what's so... What, what is so funny there? I don't know. I just don't get it. I just look and go, I'm never going to understand this business. You know, it's like when you let some things like that big slip through, I, I just don't know how it, how it <laughs> happens, you know? The, you know, like the other 25 jokes or whatever they counted her for taking, mm. it's... It blows my mind, and that, that's kind of, it translates to other places in show business. It's like, why is this act big? I mean, like, I'll, I I just, I can't believe what I read sometimes. <laughs> and, yeah, it's about the push. It's about who else they have. They're like, well, if you want this person, you have to take this person. Like, comedy was like that earlier on, you know, in the uh, late 80s, 90s, whoever, somebody... You know, they would they would be have like five to seven people, and if you wanted one, you know, this guy's gonna be on the show with him, and just it's their people. Fuck yeah, man! You know this. I mean, you've been in the business enough to you've probably seen people just get thrown to the wolves, and you're like, aren't you gonna put up some kind of resistance to this? And they don't. And I mean, that's. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to take you anywhere if you're one of those people that's kind of like I've seen guys who have just they've paid to be parts of mics or, you know, you got to bring a certain amount of people to shows that I was never into that. And I I kind of had that experience starting out, you know, some of my first sets I ever did at these clubs in Charlottesville. It was like that. It was like you're going to kiss this one person's feet or Mm -hmm. you're not going to do anything. And i Somehow I'm here today, you know, and I didn't go for that. No, I never understood uh, people paying to be on stage. I never understood about having to bring 10 people. I mean, you know, what if you have no friends? What if you're an asshole with your friends? <laughs> you're never going to get yeah. work because it is that it makes no sense to me. It's like 
that's why like i always tell people hey, you want to come by do it you know to hit me up i go do it spot we'll see how you are you know and then i'll see what i can do with you that's what but it's nothing like when i started i just showed up by myself and then you pick the number and then after a while they would give me a number so i would always be on the show so i wouldn't be cut out because i was good at it you know yeah did you i mean was there a performance when you were just kind of green still that made you go i'm I'm gonna stick with this or you had to have known before you got up there because you seem like you have that confidence that you were ready to do I had the confidence the first show I did really good. The second one, I went in there with the fucking, oh, God, I'm going to, you know, it's going to be fun again. I ate the biggest cock ever, and it was horrible. And I couldn't come back from it. I didn't have the ability to come back from it because, of the fact, I didn't have any other material to basically maybe go a little cleaner with them where I shouldn't have went that dirty. And it was horrendous, but then it makes you work. You don't want that. That's the worst feeling in the world when it's not working. So I worked very hard not to even come close to that feeling. You know, it's like, it's like, as long as the mic is working, the lights, the people are sitting there watching, it's easy. You know, you got to look at it like that. But, but, you know, because you don't want that feeling. That feeling is the worst feeling you can ever have is dying on stage. It's not like you're in a band and you suck because you can play a song and keep going and then <laughs> play another one real quick and you don't have, and, and people aren't paying attention, whatever, but with a comedian, it, it's embarrassing because you're talking. Hell yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's the advice that you have to give to people is just do not, do not let one performance be the end of it for you because you are going to inevitably with whatever you get into, you're going to have a night where it's like, okay, that just, that one hurt because it was so yeah. shitty. Yeah. The ride home. It's like, you know, you're like, I want to drive into that tree. I want to drive into that tree and you, and you're like, and you can't sleep at night. And But when you kill, you can't sleep at night, so it, it's better to be up and feel good about yourself than yeah. fucking and like feel like what the fuck did I do? I did this wrong, and you're thinking, you overthink. You can't overthink. Once you overthink, you're done. You get, yeah, exactly, man. You're you're fried at that point. Mm-hmm. And I I guess that's kind of the the rush you get from stand up, kind of like I do, where it's. I love going in there with the unknown ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I crave yeah, I, it. I get there early just to see everything. And I see where they're sitting. I see how close they are to the stage. Boom. Everything. I watch the first. I do the acts. I see what's going on. What's hitting. Okay. You know, uh, they're going to pop. Um, they're ready to pop. You know, and you're sitting there and you know it. You know, you can see. You can figure out the room so quick like hosting a show is kind of it's kind of hard i mean i do it sometimes but it's hard it's like but you know you never know how far you can go right off the bat and sometimes you got to figure it out and uh, that's why a host is very important on a show Oh, the hostess, man, I, that used to be the thing that would just, I don't host anymore. It, it would drive me insane mm-hmm. to do it because I, I was used to event planning before I started hosting. And yeah. yeah, I mean, you really have to, if you don't sell it, then 
the whole thing crumbles. The whole show. The second guy has to warm it up. The, the, what I always, this is my rule, what I always did when I put together shows. A headliner would host it, you put a feature in the middle, and a headliner closes it. Because uh, the MC is up there three times. He's up there more than everyone else. You've got to make sure he's fucking unbelievable, or she. It's true. You know, <laughs> because if, if they're not, the show does not get going, you know? You need somebody, to, and then at, at comedy clubs, people are eating. They're just getting their drinks, and you have to fucking window. You have to get them to pay attention. Like, I'm funnier than a fucking mozzarella stick, you cocksucker. You <laughs> pay attention to me. And that's basically what you got to do. Because even private parties, when they go, well, well if you want, we can serve dinner. You can go up. And my friend taught me, he goes, never go against food. You can't win. So he, I, I, so I would say, no, whenever you guys are done with dessert too, then I'll go up. <laughs> I don't care how long I got to stay. It works. Oh, man. Because nobody's funnier than a steak. Nobody. <laughs> you know? If they put out steaks and lobster, like, you don't have a fucking chance, you know? You really don't. They, they're, they're enjoying themselves. They're not making any noise. You're feeling uncomfortable. It's not worth it. Timing is everything. Did you have an act that ever worked with you or that you saw where you knew that that person was, they were going to have something ahead of them, you know, they were going to yeah. make it? I always did. I mean, I mean, it started years ago with like Norton, Jim Norton, Florentine. I stayed with them with me right away. They didn't have much time, but I knew how to torture them to make them go, you know. If they were doing 10 minutes, I go, tonight you're doing 20. And they go, okay. They wouldn't say, I don't have it. You understand? It's yeah. an easy way to figure out if people have to drive. And uh, and then Pete Davidson used to come over here a lot because he was, uh, I, I, I met him when he was like 15 or something like that. Oh, shit. He used to do my podcast and he used to come over here. And uh, we used to work on shit, but, you know, he'll, he'll never say that, you know. He'll be like, uh, oh, yeah, they used to take me to these shitty gigs. You take him to shitty gigs because it makes him stronger. Anybody can do a good room. Anybody can do a good room. Uh, you you got to be able to fucking have pain in your life, you know. You have to really work hard, and that's the key. Like, anybody can do, you see people that just do the improv, the improvs, they fucking do better than anybody there, you, you know? I've done a few of them, and it's just so simple. And they're like, we don't see you, yeah, you don't see, you see the horse shit. There's a ton of horse shit out there that are just doing all the same clubs. It's like, that's okay. That's okay, I'm back now, motherfuckers, and I'm gonna just, I'm gonna be putting together my own shows, me and Kevin Brennan, and we'll just add a person here, a person there, you know? Depends on the size of places. Man, your stuff is like, you're, I love Levy Land, because it's just, y'all go from, I mean, you go, you don't go from zero to ten, you start at ten. 
mm-hmm. when you get on there. And it's just, I like how, like, you're talking about your fucking, your red hat the other night. And that was, yeah. like, ten minutes of material that's better than shit I'm seeing on Comedy Central today. Exactly. Because of the fact that, like, it's about us. It's not about the news. It's not about any, the gas price. It's not about anything. It's just <sighs> what happens in our lives that week. And it happens to everybody. That's the key to a fucking... A podcast or a radio show. Talk about your life. That's what Howard Stern did. You know what I mean? You learn from the best. You know, yes. if you don't, if you don't do all these, if you're not paying attention when you're doing all these big things, you're never gonna learn of what I knew radio from the back, the front, everything, every part of it from being up there, and I pay attention, and I, I just noticed that. When it's about you, it's like everything happens to everyone else out there. They have the same problems you go through every day. And that's what they want to hear. You know, fucking life is funny, man. It, it really is. It's fucking crazy. Yes. Mm. Too many things to... I mean, just yeah. can't can't go worrying about every little thing because that is the recipe for disaster. But if you don't have humor in your life, mm. I don't know if I can trust you. <laughs> No, yeah, like, I was telling somebody, to, I go, look, I know you're pissed off about something today, but you can't, unless you get away and start building on that from this day forward, you're not doing it today. You can't change today. Today is today. You just can't. You can't just uh, go, well, this is how it's going to be, you know? No, you have to build to that and then know that there's a, you know, there's an end to this, and you're going to get out of the bullshit. But you, you, you just can't sit around going, oh, this, this, why is this happening? It happens to everybody. Buckle up, you little pussy. <laughs> That's one thing I can't stand in, especially in show business. Oh, they were an overnight sensation. Nobody's a fucking overnight sensation. Yeah. Doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't like they would say, uh, when I first heard that, in comedy, it was Stephen Wright. But oh shit! Yeah. Remember, he was on, uh, I guess Carson, and God, maybe he only had ten minutes. You know what I mean back then? But he was out there doing it. You know, I don't know how long, but like, uh, check it out. Uh, see, see, see if I'm wrong. I thought he was doing this for a while before this. It wasn't just overnight, but he didn't have. You know, he's doing all these one-liners, so he really didn't have that long. And he probably got, you know, you can't, if somebody, if you go to a comedy show and somebody does that style, that shit don't work for 25 minutes, 30 minutes, you know what I mean? Or 45. It doesn't, it doesn't work unless you're famous. (laughs) It just don't work, you know? It's like you have to get somewhere before you can do a certain kind of act because people don't have time for it, you know? They're like... I don't want to think that much, you know? Yeah. I, I've tried. I mean, God, like, I, I've, I've attempted the one-liner stuff so many times. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. terrible at it. That's very true. I mean, there's those people that they were they were there to do that because they are that good at it. And that's that was Stephen Wright. I, I heard about him I, probably before I heard about Dangerfield, strangely enough. Yeah, but it's it was brilliant. I mean, like getting up there and talking about like a spilled spot remover of my dog, and now he's gone. But you could see, like, yeah, when he was starting yeah. out, it was like, okay, he's gonna maybe hit a wall here or here. Mm-hmm. 
and I mean, ten years later in the nineties, it's fucking brilliant. He was doing an hour of that stuff. Yeah, like you look at Andy Kaufman, you look at uh, Steve Martin. You think that shit worked at the beginning? Mm. You're out of your fucking mind if people think it, that worked at the beginning. They probably ate more dicks than anybody. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely. Like Steve Martin, yeah, I mean, watching him before The Jerk came out, and mm-hmm. just, I mean, it was. You could tell he was unique, but there was the. He was trying to find what was going to work. And yeah, but it does. It works after something. You can see, like I think people were able to see brilliant people back then before and take them, and they started. They put them to a different level, like put them in other stuff, movies or whatever. Sure. And then it's like this guy's so funny. You know, you always get that edge when people know who you are in the audience. When they come to see you, you have you move up. You're funnier no matter what you say. Because they know you. Yeah. If they don't know you, you, you know, you have, it's like we call home field advantage. You know what I mean? It, it basically is. It's a good way of putting it. Very good way. Man, yeah. I, I guess that's, that's what we are in this business for is because we believe that we are funny, mm-hmm. but we, we've also proven that we are funny. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the key thing, and it's like you have to prove it every night. Like even if the fucking if one night there's fifteen people, you really I go. This is when you learn comedy. This is when you know if you're funny. So I never I never lay down. I never lay down. I don't give a shit. I can't yes. lay down because those people are still the ones that are gonna leave talking about you. It's amazing to hear in a time where I didn't think that this kind of the balls of comedy didn't exist mm-hmm. anymore because that's what we need. It is in, in a world of so many problems every day, especially mm-hmm. now that we have so many different ways to read about these problems constantly. You need some relief. You need some stress relief. And where... Yeah. What are you gonna do if you? It's like, oh, you can't do that because it's it's gonna hurt this group. And I mean, I'm not saying I don't understand what they. I don't understand what somebody in a group that's gay has gone through. I mean, I that's just something I'll never get to experience. And of course, I'm thinking about them. But if yeah, it's but it's like okay, here's one thing. I never seen race or anything, you know, any of that. Until everyone threw it in my face, you know what I mean? It's like there's a group of people. I can I can take down a group of people. I am fucking I am bigger than I thought that I could take down a group of people. Me against a group of people. Who would you put your money on? Put money on the group. There's a group of them, and it's only one person. How do you get upset? I'm not fucking going to your house and burning it down. I, I, you know what I mean? I'm not bothering you uh, when you're outside shopping. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me. You know, I'm like, go ahead, live your life. I'm living mine. And that's what I do when I go out. I don't see anything. I see people, when I go out, I see people having a good time. I don't see what I see on the news. It's like, oh my God, if you would think that fucking, you know, I was out killing people. It's like the irony of hearing an offensive comic and then being like, wow, I can relate to them 
when you're just talking to them more than I can somebody who's a professor somewhere at some university. It's like, Jesus, that's that's how backwards this is. <laughs> yeah, but the whole thing is, is that if you're a good speaker, you can fucking uh, and Bingo. you say anything with confidence, you sound like you know what you're talking about. Yes. The biggest asshole in the world can be telling a story of what he believes, and he, he owns it so much that you'd be like, it sounds good a little bit, you know, but maybe I shouldn't be listening to it. You should be able to figure that out. It's not too much to ask, is it, people? Just have fun, have a sense of humor. You know, we're all going to we're all gonna get through whatever the hell is facing us. This is what we're doing, the stand up thing though, it's it's for your kids' amusement. You know, <laughs> that's that's what we're getting up there telling dick jokes. You can't take it too seriously no there's nothing you shouldn't take anything unless it's totally uh affecting your you personally your life uh your uh, your uh your work or anything like that like i'm not doing anything that's affecting your life you don't have to listen to me i don't have to listen to anybody i like to listen to people and i go okay well, that's how you think that's okay it's okay but it I don't believe it. I don't buy it. That's okay. But it's not like I'm just going to be like, what the fuck? Get the fuck away from me. You know, I'm, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, man. If only, if only others had the awareness, but it takes steps to get there. And that's what I give as my parting words to Anybody who's listening who's just starting out in comedy, music, anything. It was just have some thick skin because so much of, like, I think about when the, the Raiders back in the day, they used to play in the Coliseum and there'd just be so yeah. many empty seats. It's because Al Davis didn't want to do any marketing for that team. Mm -hmm. He just thought they sold themselves. Well, that's a big part of it is you're not just going out there giving your art to people, your heart along with it. You got to sell yourself and you got to mm -hmm. believe that you're going to sell. And some people just get out there and it's flat. It's flat. You Maybe you don't have it. I don't want to sit there and discourage you. I want you to get out and try it at least because this will sound like I'm saying don't do it at all. But no, it's true. No, like I'm saying, here's the key. Uh, look, if you are very serious about what you're doing and you want to do this for the rest of your life, don't have a backup plan. Don't. No. Because if you have a backup plan, it's an easy escape to just go, la, 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 I tried that. When you got to earn what you're doing and fucking and work at it, that's why anybody that gets like any job, you have to work at it to be able to move up. Yes. So it's like, it's like, we, oh, I can't do this. So I'm going to do this because I can't, you're just not good at it. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's the hardest, what's the hardest thing to do is fire somebody. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, the thing that you do for a living here, you really suck at it. You know what I mean? You're basically saying that to somebody. So who wants to do that? Really? It's hard work, man, to, to sit there and pick yourself back up. But that's. That's what separates people. Yeah, if you're not afraid to fail, it's a big part of it. Everybody fails, you know what I mean? Not everybody can get back up. That's the whole thing. It's like fucking, it, it's, it, everything fails. I've been married four fucking times. 
man, you know what I mean? Does that make me a failure or does that make me a romantic, you know? I mean, what does it make me? It depends what you, the way you look at it, you know? It's like, you know, maybe that person wasn't right, you know, whatever. It, 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 you just got to keep, you keep trying. I always say keep trying until they don't call the cops. Fuck it. Fucking, look at John Cleese, man. He's... What is he on? You know, he's been married like seven times, some shit like that. Larry King, I mean, that's... yeah. Sometimes you make a mistake. Sometimes you don't. Look, you know, people. It it it's always like I seen something on Twitter. Some couple was married thirty five years, and it was in the post, and they never had a fight. And it, that it, that's like just it, it's impossible. I, I I probably had a fight before she went to work today. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we had a, like a. A little disagreement about something you know how can you not like with some couples i mean they're literally they're waking up before their partner is awake and they're thinking about how the argument is going to go what they're gonna say mm-hmm. that's oh yeah oh uh, yeah i have them like that because of the fact that they better be prepared they better <laughs> be ready i'm i'm a good arguer you know and i Fuck love yeah. it. i love a good argument <laughs> i mean it gets the blood going you know you want to choke him throw him on put him against the wall and bang the shit out of him. You know what I mean? It's the best sex you'll ever have, so it's good to argue a lot. And how the fuck do we progress if we don't get a little bit of that stress to progress? Mm-hmm. You gotta yeah, let it go. You gotta be able, you gotta be able to, uh, to be able to take it when you fuck up. You know, people fuck up. You, you know, you're not, nobody's perfect. You know? Believe me. I know I'm not, but I fucking enjoy it. Man, and, yeah, this show, we define not being perfect. <laughs> but man. It's okay. But it's okay. It's like, fucking, you know, people are the poor retarded people. I go, sometimes I wish I was retarded. Because I've never seen happier people in my life. Truthfully. Have you ever seen a retarded person that was not happy? No. I, I've never have. <laughs> you know? So, basically, what if they were just good actors and they weren't retarded? They just didn't want to, you know, be bothered by anybody? <laughs> I would love to do that, you know, when I go around and see if I can just smile and people fucking give me an apple and stuff, you know? That's why I love podcasting, too, because we can go there. It's, it's my show. I can wear my hat. I can wear my sweats. Well, go fuck yourself. Exactly. That's, I live in sweatpants. I go to this, so my wife is going to go out like that. I go, yeah, I'm going to go out <laughs> like that. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. What am I going to go geek dressed up to go to fucking Target? You know, I'm, I, I, I can't. I, I to deal with these fucking people out there, you know? Jesus Christ, man. The world is, world just needs to not take themselves as seriously. If I can pass any message from this episode on. Yeah, but yeah there's no reason to take yourself seriously. You know, you look at people who take themselves serious and you go, what an asshole. You know, yeah. I laugh at everything. I, I fucking, I, I, I do edibles all the time now uh, for pain, and it, it changed my life. I mean, it helped me with the pain, and it makes me think. Like, like if you're drinking, you're like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're a fucking douchebag. What an asshole. But if you're stoned, you're like, nah, I'm not going to tell him he's an asshole. He's not going to argue about it, and I don't need this. I'm a little stoned right now. And I'm just going just gonna to remember this, you know. It, it changes everything. It, it makes you a different person. 
it, it helped me. I never, I liked it when I was younger. I haven't done it in years. And then all of a sudden now I'm like, Ooh, here we go. It's strange like that, man. I, I was always, I didn't realize until a few years of doing it that it was, that it helped my anxiety. Definitely. Yeah. And it was something that would just be, you know, I learned that like, I kind of got out of those days of like, I can wake up and my body's 22 and I mm -hmm. just, you know, take a monster rip before I go into work. I don't do that as much as <laughs> anymore, but yeah. it's something that is definitely for me. I mean, yeah, way better than drinking. <laughs> weed is never, weed has never started arguments. It is, it has concluded them yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I say that, like, if there, if everyone smoked weed, there would be no criminal. Nobody would do anything. Like, you know, you don't think of shit like that. You know, like, you're gonna do something bad. Oh, I'm I'm so stoned on this weed, I'm gonna go rape somebody. No, it doesn't happen. You know, it just doesn't happen. If you gave all these people that are mentally ill, they say on the streets, let them smoke weed. You know, and see what happens. You got to try something. You just can't, you know, you just can't have people just running around fucking doing what they want. I would clear out some of that L.A. bullshit, the, those RVs in traffic, if we gave some of those people some weed. Because, God damn, man, that drive uh, is littered with homeless people out there who it's like, yeah, just give them a joint. Give them some give them some gummies to go to sleep, man. They're give them that every day. That, that'll yeah. be the sedation they need. Yeah. And the whole thing is, is that they're going to get stoned. And I can go for something to eat. Maybe I should get a job so I can buy something. You know, yeah. I can do, I mean, life is a simple thing. If you really look at it, it's survival, you know, survival. And it's like most, yeah, most people survive, uh, a few months at a time they're ahead of themselves, you know, but that's what life is. You know what I mean? So just even if you break even at the end of the week, you're doing better than, you know, you, 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 you're feeding yourself. You have someone to live. Yes. What's the big deal? You know, and then you work a little harder and you get more, you know, you gotta love, the game of life because it's it can have you all over the place but mm -hmm. you know look at if life wasn't good then you wouldn't have those stories of people down to their last thirty dollars winning thirty million you know that yeah. that's what it doesn't happen every day but the thrill of knowing that something like that could happen or something even like you could just you know you think you're not gonna ask somebody out and then they're like no, I'll, I'll give you a shot. God knows why they would give me a shot, but, yeah. you know. No, it, it, exactly. You know, it's like you can't you can't just sit back and blame, you know, and go, uh, uh, I, I just can't. You, you can. You know, I always said, like, with, with hot chicks, you know what I mean? you got to hit on hot chicks because of the fact that everyone's afraid to hit on them. So yep. they, they, they're going to, you know, they're going to fold a little. You know what I mean? They're going to settle a little bit. Because of the fact that nobody's asking them. They're just like, whether somebody's hot or not, it doesn't matter. They're still mentally the same as you. And when you look at it that way, it's like, now it evens the, the game. And it's like, it's easy. It's like, people don't look at it that way, <laughs> you know? But you always see a hot chick, you know, 
with and then you go you see them with four other girls and they're not as they're not really even close you're like i'm gonna go hit on that one because i i think i can get that one i think i can get that one please <laughs> you, you, yes. you should be able to get that one but you got to go for the ones that you shouldn't you know that that would be like yeah and then your confident builds you know Nobody yes. wants to go out with a fat chick, and you know, you, you know, <laughs> truthfully, you, you know, you know, when she goes, let's go out to eat. Everyone's gonna be watching. You know, it's like it's not fun for anybody. You're just, yeah, I mean, because they're, you know, everybody who wants sex, so the hot chick is gonna want it. But if nobody's going up to her, yeah, she, she will fold. She yeah, will fold, I mean, man. It, it, it's unbelievable. Go up to a hot chick and go, "Can you buy me a drink?" Something like that. Get her to laugh, you know? And then fucking next thing you know, you're banging her and she don't even know your name. And it's the yeah. feeling in the world, you know? God damn, I miss college, man. But, <laughs> man, this is this has been a uh, kind of a dream fulfilled right here, man, because it's one of the... I've always wanted to have a talk with uh, some of that, the Stern crew for so many, uh, so many years here in... You and all the guys on that show and other things that you did, other projects. You were one name that I was pleasantly surprised to find on Instagram when I did. I was like, yeah, I got to. It's like throwing spaghetti at the wall sometimes to get people to be on these shows. But it's the fucking truth, man. You just got to take the shot. It's kind of the same thing. And I'm so glad I did, man. This has been such a fucking good time. No, that's what it's about. And hit up Julie and tell him I said so. Because Julie, you, you know, he's a good, he's a good interview. We do miserable men together on Patreon. Yes. Patreon, we do that tonight, and I'll be show, listening. It didn't, it didn't skip a beat after fucking what, twelve years or something. No. Jesus, years, man. And we're just back, and we're like fucking on fire, and it's like you laugh so hard, you know. It's like it's like we're like children. Fuck yeah, man. I, I enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, that's what it's about. You know, it's about having a good time. And Julie's down there, too. You know, he'll definitely come on. Just hit him up and say, tell him I said so. And he'll come on. Maybe, yeah. I know he's on the road this week, but, uh, like, hit him up, like, next Tuesday or something like that. So when he's home. Yes. Uh, you know, sometimes it's all about timing, too, when you hit somebody up. Like, I can see something, and then I just, then I go somewhere else, and then I'll see it, like, a month later and then I feel stupid to write back. You know what I mean? But it's all about timing. You yes. Know, if I'm there and I'm like, yeah, I'll come on. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. You know? I'm home. What am I going to do? I ain't doing anything till later. <laughs> that was... <laughs> you know, it's fun because you don't know who you're going to meet. You meet good people. Yes, you know? man. But, but if you don't do it, if, if you're afraid to have somebody, like, I never, I, I just never do it. I never hit like really big people up because I just don't, I, I, it's that feeling like they're going to ignore it or say no. Exactly. And that's like, fuck, you know, and then you're like, oh, what a dick, you know, right away, people go on it. The Negative. Thing, you know, it's not me, it's them. You yep. know, sometimes it is you. <laughs> sometimes, just admit it, just once, god damn, <laughs> it's not asking yeah. that much, is it? I got somebody hit me up to come on Ladyland, and he just, I don't know why he thinks he can be on the show. As, you know, we use real good comedians and friends and that know the show. And he, and he even wrote it in the thing. And I just sit there, like, I'm laughing. 
And like, he hit me up, he goes, when can I go? And I go, Rob books the show. Which Rob does it? You know, he'll, he'll say yes or whatever, and I'll send him links. But I basically, 90% of them are coming from me. Yeah. And I just know Rob's going to start yelling at him. And that's what's funny. I like when Rob gets upset because he's like a woman. He's like, he's exactly <laughs> like a woman. He gets really mad at anything, and I know how to just fucking get him where it's going. And then he wants to quit the show every week, but he's hilarious. <laughs> he's not even a comedian. Jesus God, man, this is this is the the material that I live for. But I, man, next week I definitely I gotta definitely throw him an invite. And of course, yeah. you, I know I gotta have you back. 